0: Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stockman. Back in September, I spoke about my journey with Hallowed Ground and how museums can create podcasts of their own at the International Sports Heritage Association Conference, which was held at Lambeau Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It was an incredible experience. Today on the show, I speak with a couple of folks I met there, Trisha Harold and Bill Hawker from Elevate 97, a branding and design company based out of Green Bay. I got to see some of their work when we toured the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame during the conference. This episode also marks a couple of firsts for the podcast. Elevate 97 is the first sports heritage vendor featured in an episode, and this is the first time I chat with more than one person. No overtime segment this week. Let's get straight to our conversation. Well, today on the show, I'm speaking with Trisha Harold and Bill Hawker from Elevate 97, a design company out of Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I actually met Trisha and Bill up in Green Bay at the 2022 International Sports Heritage Association Conference and I thought it would be a unique perspective. They're the first vendor or design company that I've talked to for the podcast. So, um, Tricia and Bill, welcome. And how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having us.
1: Yes, doing great and excited to talk with you today.
0: Awesome. I would love to start out with Elevate 97 just as a company, like how it got started. And where did the kind of sports museum angle come into things?
2: Yeah, so I can I can take that one. Elevate 97 started in nineteen ninety seven as a company called Fulfillment out of a ten by ten garage of our founders' uh, backyard. Uh, Tom Burgess is the founder of our company, and he was he was traveling the country with his wife uh, working for a frozen foods company um, called Anchor Food Products here in in Northeast Wisconsin. They'd go from one location to another, and uh, they maybe have run out of sales materials or flyers or or even supplies to do the next show or to do the next tasting. And as the story goes, in the middle of Nebraska, Tom uh, had this idea that he was going to utilize this newfound thing called the internet to speed up the fulfillment process. So he was Amazon before Amazon, we like to say, and we tease him about that. And he was just, just a little shy of, of uh, what Amazon has become, but went back home to green Bay while his wife, Kate uh, continued on the road for anchor food products and uh, started out of his garage and uh, really doing fulfillment, uh, created a, an online portal called ShopDev to, uh, to fulfill orders and to speed up the process. And over time, continued to grow the business. Kate had the opportunity uh, when Anchor Food Products was bought by McCain Potatoes uh, to move back to Green Bay, joined Tom. And, and Kate's got a passion for retail and fashion and brands. And uh, she decided, hey, we could do fulfillment for some of these major retail brands. Out of, based out of New York. So started knocking on doors on Madison Avenue and landed Polo Jeans as their first retail brand uh, in doing fulfillment of their printed materials. So the printer they were working with uh, wasn't doing a great job of, of getting the fulfillment out to each of the outlet locations that Polo Jeans was, was at. We would take the print, uh, FulfillNet would take the print out of their printer out of New Jersey. It would be kitted in their garage and got to the right place at the right time. Uh, continue to grow relationships in that uh, that segment you know our company is is still today uh, values um, the relationship and, and how do we do things better for our clients. Hey, we're working with your printer and you're paying transportation costs to get that printed material to Green Bay where there are a ton of commercial printers that we could be brokering through and saving you some transportation costs and and possibly even paper costs because there's so much paper uh, being uh, being uh, developed here and In Green Bay, Wisconsin, Northeast Wisconsin. So, Trisha and I were neither of us were part of the company at that time. As the story goes, continued to broker print, save companies and partners money. And then we got to looking at why are we brokering print when maybe we should see if one of our partners is uh, interested in in selling. And uh, we acquired one of our partners, uh, brought large format uh, printing in house, uh, and that really launched us into environmental graphics from that space. So, now you've got the these wide format machines that can do all these really cool, large graphics, dreamscapes and murals, and started to really uh, piece things together. The first project that we got, uh, we got to work on was actually the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. And I'm going to say, Trisha, you may have to correct me, was that 2012, 2013?
1: I want. It was eight years ago because it was my first project when I joined Elevate ninety seven. <laughs>
2: okay, so two thousand fourteen. And and side story we'll probably get to is I was with the Packers at that time, so I, I know the Packers side of things. But uh, that launched Elevate into uh, really the design aspect of environmental graphics. While we didn't do much design on that project because they were already working with their strategic partners, the Packers were. We were producing and installing, and brought Tricia on board, brought a few other folks on board, brought designers in house. And really launched the environmental graphics and signage component of our business. So it really complemented what we were doing for retail brands, because some of the things that we, uh, we could do in environmental graphics, we could take to the retail space as well. So uh, it's gone hand in hand and, and been a good fit for, for our business. We've continued to grow. As we looked at uh, our name, we were doing more than just fulfillment for folks. Once we got it into environmental graphics, and so we did a, uh, a brand study and worked with a partner here in town to help us do that. And uh, through the interview process of our clients and our partners, you know, what what do we do for you? And the common theme came out was you help elevate our brand, you help elevate our story. And so we took the elevate piece in 1997 as a uh, as a nod to uh, when Tom founded the company, and we became Elevate 97. We have since grown and acquired two commercial sign companies, uh, Color Tech of Wisconsin and United Sign, which really launched us into doing even more in the uh, sports arenas and stadiums, uh, being able to do you know, channel cut letters and backlit signs and a lot of really cool technology um, with signage uh, in those spaces. So we've continued to grow our portfolio and what we do in the, in the athletics and sports space uh, but continuing to do it, uh, not just in, in the professional level, but the colleges and universities, even corporate office spaces. So it's it's been really good for us. I should say that I, I talked about Tom being the, the founder of the company. Tom stepped away and he's an entrepreneur. So he continued to uh, develop and, and do other companies. And uh, at that time, uh, when he stepped away to pursue another venture, uh, Kate stepped in full time. So we are 100% woman owned business as well. So that's been very important for us. And it's also, you know, as we've looked at partnerships and and opportunities, so that's uh, us in a nutshell and probably, you know, the three minute uh, elevator pitch.
0: That's cool. I would uh, love for you to talk about kind of what environmental graphic design is before we get into the Packers Hall of Fame and it was really cool to visit that space up at the conference, but I keep seeing EGD like that acronym online and stuff like that. So what is that and how does that impact what you all do with your clients?
1: Yes, I can explain that. Oftentimes the term environmental kind of throws people and they think that's a little bit more uh, nature centric, but it really is about the built environment and interior space. We also call it experiential design, and I think that's becoming more of a common term for it. Um, but EGD is short for both of those, and and essentially what that is is uh, bringing a brand or a brand story or history to life in the built environment through, you know, typography, um, logo, brand elements, signage. Um, in the museum world, it's also equally important to bring like touch and feel and sound videography and things that people can kind of touch and see and artifacts, content, you know, bring that into the space as well. But essentially that's what it is, bringing those large format graphics into the space. It becomes part of the architectural feature of a space and um, really sets the tone, mood and, and how you feel when you're in an environment. You know, it helps develop a message that you leave knowing that you learned something or, felt something when you were in the space and left it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. One of my classes just talked about silent pedagogy, like how people learn and mm. like you learn even without thinking that you're learning based on like the layout of something or like how the signage kind of plays into things without you realizing it. 100%
1: you, you, you feel it and it's, it's, it's really like the ambiance that you feel and, and it when it's done well, you mm-hmm. don't notice it, but you right. do, if that makes sense. And, and it's really important in those projects that um, our team really prides themselves in bringing the right groups together for our different projects. It's crucial to be working side-by-side side with the interiors design team, the architectural teams, um, the construction teams, and of course, the client and the storytellers. Um, in the museum world, uh, the curators mm-hmm. are, are obviously a crucial element as well.
0: That's cool. The uh, art museum I work at on campus at KU just opened their like reinstallation that they did on the fourth floor of the museum. And I came in like as an intern on the very end of that process. So I wasn't privy to a lot of the design conversations and all of that, but it's very intentional and it's less like graphic focused. It's more focused on the artwork and stuff like that. But the layout and the lighting and seating and like where stuff is spaced out, like all of that's talked about in. Some of my classes and then like at work it's like how are people going to experience the space and that's what you all do too in kind of a different way so that's neat
1: 100 bill i
0: would love to get into your background because you have kind of a an nfl background working for the teams on their business side and then kind of working on the the vendor side now so how did you get started in that realm
2: uh i was at the right place at the right time i started working for the chicago bears in the fall of 1999. I had gotten to know the community relations director rather well at the Bears um, and they had an opportunity. Uh, he and I were, were at lunch after a big event we were doing together. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, I grew up a Bears fan. I grew up an hour south of the city and I said, you know, if the janitor job comes open, let me know. I'll, uh, I'll come do it. And uh, about two weeks later, he called me. They had just made a change to their team and were looking for a, uh, a manager of special events and promotions. And that was part of my background and what I was doing uh, prior to joining the Bears. So uh, fall of uh, 99, uh, started out uh, doing you know, game day giveaways and national anthem singers and pregame tailgate parties and then their annual fan fest and fan club. And then unfortunately, in uh, spring of 2000, the, the individual who hired me and a couple other salespeople had left the organization. We were in the middle of the selling season from a a sponsorship side of things. So the president of the organization at the time approached uh, the director of community relations and myself and said, Hey, we've got nobody selling. Uh, We need you guys to go sell and uh, close out these outstanding deals that were out there. So that was really my, my jump off the cliff into sports sponsorship sales. I had a team member join us uh, from the Vikings I learned a lot from him uh, halfway through the season. And then a new CMO started late 2000. And At that time, the the Bears were working with the city to you know renovate Soldier Field, and the CMO approached me at the time and said, "Hey, you've been doing special events, and you've been selling. Uh, What do you what do you want to do?" And I said, "Well, I'd I'd love to keep selling. I think that's where the upside is. But if you think I'm not suited for that, then yeah, I got to stay where I'm at. You know, I don't want to lose this opportunity." And uh, he said, "Well, you're green, but uh, let's let's take a chance on you uh, on the sales side." And you know, spent uh, six more years uh, building uh, my uh, my skill set uh, and learning a lot along the way you know we renovated we played our last year two, uh, t- 2001 in soldier field we played in champaign illinois for a whole season off-site uh, at the university of illinois while soldier field was being renovated and then moved into uh, new soldier field in uh, in 2003. so that was really my first uh, experience into kind of the environmental graphics and signage aspect of What went into stadiums and how we incorporated into our corporate partnerships and told a story of Bears history in a building we didn't own uh, and incorporated sponsorship into it. So it was that was really where, you know, I kind of cut my teeth in what you would consider, you know, sports signage and, and environmental graphics. Uh, had the opportunity in 2006 to join the Green Bay Packers as their manager of corporate partnerships and come in, and manage a team that was, I guess would say in the in the honeymoon phase of their renovation. They had just renovated Lambeau Field in 2003 and were ready to uh, you know how do, how do we take out new partnerships? We just went through this big phase and ramp up to to a renovated new stadium. And, uh, you know, how do we take it to the next level? So I had the opportunity to work with some great folks, uh, spent 10 years doing it, building out a team, went through a renovation, um, added the south end zone, uh, new scoreboards, the new uh, front uh, Bellin Gate uh, on the north end with the Lombardi clock. Uh, so really, um, the experience I had there was how do you, again, tastefully uh, incorporate partnership into storytelling and, and design um, in in all of those spaces. So, in the South End Zone, we had, you know, the Miller Lite uh, Party Deck and the Miller Lite Lounge and the Festival of Foods. I Forget what we even called it, but um, uh, their their space that they had there. So that was that was again uh, an incredible opportunity in 2015. Had the opportunity to take the vice president of uh, corporate partnerships, business development at the Detroit Lions, build out a team there. And again, it's, it's another renovation opportunity. Jumped into a $100 million renovation at Ford Field. New scoreboards, uh, renovation of club spaces and suites was very involved in that project with the Rosetti Group out of Detroit that helped us with that project from a design and architecture standpoint. And then again, how do you tastefully Incorporate partners into these really cool spaces. So I would say that it's been a great. It was a great opportunity for me. Uh, unfortunately, in Detroit, uh, you know, uh, I had a, I had a daughter who stayed back in Green Bay to finish high school, and my wife uh, is really about two hours from Green Bay. So Detroit was uh, quite a bit away from our family and friends, and. We just missed living in Green Bay. Uh, we missed living in this part of uh, the country. Detroit was an incredible opportunity, incredible experience, incredible things happening in that city. But uh, for our family, we made the decision uh, to move back to Green Bay and uh, through some friends at the Packers I actually got connected with uh, the folks at Elevate 97, Kate Burgess, our, our president and CEO, and it was really the perfect fit. So my work with brands in storytelling and promotions uh, with brands was a, was a key part of what they do in their like our legacy business at Elevate 97, the print kit, fulfillment, warehousing, and distribution for retail brands, but also the environmental graphics and signage piece. So my background there and in, in doing that in stadiums and arenas or stadiums, I guess, um, how could we take that and up our game at, at Elevate and work with Tricia and, and a great group of designers and installers that, that do the incredible work we do you know, for me, it was a really easy transition. Now, the print kit and fulfillment was a learning curve, but the, you know, getting in with colleagues and, and talking to them about what we do and how we do it, you know, we had some really cool opportunities right out of the gate when I started through uh, through another design company um, and I uh, had the opportunity to bid on the Cleveland Cavaliers, what they did at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And, Uh, it's really just pushed Trisha and I to, to be out in front of people and doing more and having conversations about what we do. It's great that we've got the Packers right in our backyard. And I would say that's, that's a, it's a blessing. Um, but being in green Bay can also be a curse. You're, you're a long way from, from a lot of things. And I think the one thing that people, you know, we have to educate people on is because we're in green Bay doesn't mean we can't do the work in Tampa, Florida, or in San Diego, California. Um, we can design it. We can produce it. We can work with local installers. We can bring our own install team. Um, so it's really that education piece and, and just making people aware of who we are. And we found a lot of success so far where maybe we aren't doing the design piece. Maybe we're just doing the production and install uh, of the environmental graphics. So that's a really cool thing about what we do at Elevate. You can kind of play in any lane of the of the process um, because we do manufacture and install too. So. Yeah that's kind of the story of of how we got to where we're at today.
0: That's cool. You've been all over the NFC North. That's... uh, Everywhere but Minnesota. No purple. (laughs) (laughs) That's neat. What about you, Tricia? What's your background? And then what kind of lane are you in, to use a word from Bill, like design or installation or more of the business side?
1: I am a Green Bay native, born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin, lifelong Packers fan. I actually uh, attended college in Northfield, Minnesota. So I have a lot of Minnesotan friends. Um, I graduated as a fine art uh, major from St. Olaf and I've always loved sport obviously growing up a Packers fan but also participating in sports. um, I participated in collegiate cross country and track and field and you know have just really good experience with sports in general so I just have that natural gravitation to those types of projects. I come from the graphics side of everything so I uh, was a graphic designer and an interior designer and and doing both of those kind of as an independent contractor before I started at Elevate 97. And it was getting to be a lot doing that kind of on my own. And I was looking for the right fit to to join an organization. And um, someone introduced me to Kate Burgess, a mutual acquaintance. And um, the second that we met, she was looking to grow the environmental, experiential graphics side of what we were doing. And I got in there, like, like Bill says, the right time, the right place. And so it was a perfect fit to morph all of my passions and jump in on that Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame project and just hit the ground running and, and learning as much as I you know could in the industry. Um, so I've been doing that now for eight years and have quite um, a extensive portfolio on projects and learning from, you know, different organizations and working with, you know, different partners and really just getting to the spot where what's next for us? Um, what's the next big, you know, Sports team that we can be helping elevate their brand and storytelling. It's been really exciting. It just morphs all my passions together. And I think the thing I love the most about it is learning, you know, about that client or that story, and just having that well-roundedness to myself and and being able to to have experience that story that we're trying to tell and then doing it well. That's really exciting.
0: That's cool. I like how you talked about like merging your interests all in one spot because that's how I feel a little bit with my interest in sports museums. I grew up loving sports, Royals and Chiefs in Kansas City, and then studied sport management in school, and then went to the 2019 conference where I met folks in the sports heritage industry. And that was another passion of mine and just wanting to merge those together. So that's really cool. You're able to do that with your design experience and then Mm -hmm. um, being in Green Bay too. And Bill mentioned that earlier about how being in Green Bay is a blessing for sure with the Packers and that close partnership, but then like you're able to do other things in other areas of the country too. So why don't we talk about the Packers Hall of Fame project, like how that came about and and what you all did for for that that group. And I'll mention that there's two episodes of Hallowed Ground where I talked to um, Brent and Justine from the Packers Hall of Fame. If folks want to go listen to those. So let's just get into that story and whoever wants to share can go ahead.
1: Sure, I can take that. Yes, Brent Hensel was an integral part of that project um, as curator. And I did listen to both of those podcasts. Excellent work. And I thought Brent spoke really well to um, that particular project. So I'd encourage people to go listen to that one because he really explained some really cool elements about that project. Like Bill mentioned earlier, we were really brought in as um, a partner to 1220 exhibits. There was a design team out of New York that was the architectural and graphics design team. And then of course we have a great partnership and a long history with the Green Bay Packers organization. So um, we were brought in to um, print, produce, and install the graphic features. Um, That said, you know, The project was um, moving along, but also needed to stay on track and on budget. And so we were really brought in um, to also help value engineer some of the designs and really get things back on track with the timing of the project. Um, Because we were local, we were able to really up that part of the project. And I would host large meetings at Elevate 97, where all of those different teams would come together and be able to actually see some of the printed elements sign off on them see samples see some of the um, value engineering that we were bringing in materiality so that um, the budget could stay where it needed to be and things could also be done timely Um, so we would host you know sample reviews with all of those different groups of the project and have them be able to see things in real time and say yes let's keep this moving forward with this look and feel and whatnot. So that project is just a really great example of all the different types of materials we've been able to print and produce. I mean, we were printing on reclaimed um, barn wood. (laughs) As you walk into the space, there's a really cool feature wall that has routed um, reclaimed wood, and then it's also printed. One of the fun stories about that wall is the theater doors needed to also have that graphic on it. And um, they couldn't handle the weight of the wood and they weren't going to operate correctly with the wood look. So the team was really concerned with the overall aesthetic and wanting it to look very, very authentic. Um, And we kept talking about a vinyl solution, but I think a lot of times when people hear vinyl, they think, oh, you know, that's not going to have the same the same aesthetic and, and look and feel the way that we wanted to, and it be authentic to what the design team was looking for. We went through mounds of samples and we actually produced some artwork where we photographed the actual material and then had that become part of our artwork. And that was one of the elements that when the architectural and design team were visiting Green Bay, Wisconsin, walked in our showroom and saw that sample hanging up and said, Well, we want it to look like that. And we we're like, Well, We're excited because that's the vinyl. So (laughs) that there is vinyl on the doors, and and when you're in the space, you really you really can't tell the difference unless you kind of knew that story. Those are the kind of things that kind of get us excited as a as a design team and making sure that we're um, living up to the um, aesthetic that the design, you know, the graphics team and the interiors team wants it to look like, but also just being really smart and cognizant of budget and timing, and and continuing to have everything kind of come together and look very purposeful
0: yeah bill what about you from your perspective having worked for the packers in the kind of sponsorship space with that project
2: it, it, from a sponsorship standpoint we really didn't have much to do with with the hall of fame um the hall of fame is about being pure and in storytelling of the packers which tra- tradition in history were we able to use the the space uh for for partnerships and events absolutely but at the end of the day, it, it needs to it needs to be true and pure, and there is no there it, it, at least when I was there, there was no sponsor involvement in, in the Hall of Fame, and I think that's what's so unique about uh, about the Packers. You could certainly we could have sold partnerships and and had presenting partners of this and presenting partners of that and storytelling by this and that just that's just not the way um, you know the Packers have built the their organization and how they've told their story. So. You know, we looked at it as this really cool, pure, clean place to, to host events and, and do do things for our partners. but beyond that, uh, we didn't have really any involvement in it.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't I didn't think about that, but yeah, it's a good uh, good space to tell that history and there's a lot of it and the community tie-ins and that's what I loved about being up there, even as a chiefs fan, just an NFL fan in general, being up there and seeing how embedded the team is with the community.
2: Trust me, I could have sold sponsorships to it all day long. It would have been an easy sell, but at the same time, you know, you step back today and not being a part of it, I really respect the decision we made not to.
0: Yeah, from a more broad perspective, like what are some good elements of design, or for somebody that's not super artistic or not so like aesthetically minded, like myself, um, I may not notice some of these components even. But what are some things that, as you all are working with clients, what are they wanting to kind of have? Um, in their spaces, but then also, just if something is well designed, like what does that mean from your perspective? Go ahead, Trish. I'll let you start.
1: I think in one word, authenticity. So if if it's not authentic to their brand or their story, then it's not successful. Um, it doesn't matter what designer is working on it. It's not the designer's touch. It's it's the designer's ability to bring that story or that brand to life. In a way that's meaningful for anyone who's going to experience that space. So sometimes bold and impactful is really the way to go, and sometimes subtle and understated is. It just, it's really, it's really about that authenticity and the storytelling. I mean, I think that's hands down what makes good design. And, and you know how people experienced it. And there's all different kinds of people experiencing spaces, right? There's in the sports world um, when you're talking about museums or sports spaces, there's the fans. Um, there's the players, there's family members, there's, you know, the historians, uh, you know, being able to make sure that you're developing messages within the space that speak to all those different audience members is, is crucial. And, and it comes down to authenticity, right? They're going to feel it and know, okay, I got a great message out of that, or I had a really good experience in the space or whatnot. And I'm going to remember it, right? It was meaningful and, and I remember it, so it's the same when we do corporate spaces or even our own space at Elevate 97. We tell our story as you venture through our building. Um, and it's a great opportunity for us to have people visit. And we we can really visually and verbally tell our story and people really can absorb it and take it in because they're not only hearing it, they're seeing it and feeling it and touching it and whatnot. So
2: I was a collector as a kid, right? I collected baseball cards and every ticket stub I ever had. And you know as an organization, you better be doing that and you better be keeping, keeping, keeping those elements. And and then how how do you incorporate them? And some of the quirkiest, silliest things you might not think of that that we may have done as an organization or that I held on to as a kid, man, will it resonate with people? You know, I I think about a corporate space we did, uh, the Aaron's corporation, which is in brilliance with Brilliant, Wisconsin, they make, you know, lawn, lawn and garden equipment and snowblowers and um you go through the space and there's an exhibit where they took an old aaron sign and three snowmobiles well who would have known aaron's made snowmobiles because they made them for such a short amount of time but it's really one of the coolest parts of the museum uh, and it tells a story about their history and it tells a story about how they've evolved as a company too right this was part of our history it got us from point c to d okay. and now we've moved on from it and it it, it it worked it didn't work whatever it may be um i think when you when you take a look at Archiving uh, is, is got to be such an important part of, of sports organizations and, and what they do. And, you know, team historians, you know, people that can document the history and ha- how things have happened and how they're how they are happening. I mean, we're running out of time of people that tell stories from, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. We better be capturing it now um, as organizations like us. I mean, that's part of what we do. We start getting into copywriting and, and interviewing and, and working with strategic partners can do video interviews to make sure it's part of you know, the storytelling in the space. So we we better be capturing, you know, every living legend we can on video now because it can be a piece of of an exhibit that could bring people to tears or it could bring them a pride and joy of, of being a kid watching this guy do the Lambo Leap or whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, your conversation with Brent on this topic was really great. He really explained how it is if you're not doing that um, as part of your, your, your daily curation work and And how you have to go out and find those artifacts. It's a crucial part of museum design.
0: Yeah, because I think the fans are craving that because there's folks like me that grew up going to sporting events and kind of learning the history of the Royals and Chiefs and whoever. But then if somebody just comes to the stadium, maybe for the opposing team or for like they're taking their kids or something like they may go to the Hall of Fame in the Mm -hmm. stadium or like they're they're kind of craving that knowledge about the team so they can share their own stories or hear from their favorite players like Bill said. So that's kind of been a theme throughout the podcast is that that aspect of archiving from the team side but then also vendors like you all and other other companies, other types of museums kind of partnering with them on some of those things. And then even fans, too, because fans have all these artifacts and collectibles, like Bill said. And then how does that kind of fit into the story that the museum wants to tell? So that's a, a cool piece. I collect bobbleheads and baseball cards, too. So I'm like right there with, uh, with everyone else. So that's a, a neat part of it what is some of the technology that you all use and some of this may be certainly over my head as somebody that doesn't know a ton of the technology in this space but what's kind of your favorite piece of tech to engage with
2: you know for us i wouldn't say it's so much technology you know we're we're a printing and signage company so the ability to use light and sound and how we could incorporate that you know we can bring the sound piece of it we work with strategic partners really when it comes to technology and you know, we're not going to pretend we can do video walls and, and do three dimensional or create cell, uh, the senses, right? Smells and sounds and temperature. We could recommend it. We can dream it. But that's not our forte. We do have strategic partners that we align with that are experts at it and we bring them into the mix. So if we're recommending it for, out of coming out of the design process to the client we'll make those introductions uh, to to those strategic partners we have. And, you know, we've got a we've got a long list of folks that are experts in that space and we don't pretend to be. We 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 know how those things and, and how technology and, and experience can add to the experience. But uh, and we know how to de- design the incorporation of it. And But really, at the end of the day, uh, we do rely on those strategic partners to to bring that forward. So. But you know, some of the coolest stuff is, is the augmented reality you see. I'm a big fan of when teams collect data on, on where their fans are from. So if you've ever been to to Frisco and been to the Star uh, in Dallas, they have this huge touchscreen that sits underneath kind of a little pavilion uh, outside of the Star. And you go to the touchscreen and it it zeroes in on your hometown and your zip code. And then it asks you questions about your favorite cowboy player and the ability to to create that data. And then it tells you you're one of, you know, 7,000 fans that have touched the screen from Wisconsin, you know, some pretty, some pretty cool technology there. That's probably one of my favorite pieces I've seen lately. And I know other teams are incorporating that into, into their spaces.
0: That's neat. I think that's important to, that's a way to engage the fans too. They can kind of leave their own memories for the museum space. And that's a, a neat part of how sports museums are engaging with their, their audience members. I want to ask both of you, like, what do you like most about your job? Because I think it's, it sounds like a neat thing to be able to engage with so many different types of industries and types of jobs, because I'm sure each job is different that you all take on. But what's your favorite part? Uh, working
2: with Trisha. <laughs> I mean,
0: no, um, it's, Great, seriously, well. um,
2: I think for me, it's when we win, when we win the opportunity, when, when we, we, we build the relationship. And, and when you win those opportunities to, to be this chosen partner what those have evolved into friendships beyond, beyond the project, right? You you work with a lot of passionate people. The people who are managing the products are passionate about the team they work for, the building they work for, the town they work in, uh, and the storytelling at the end of the day. So, you know, really the relationships that come out of it, you know, during the project and then after the project uh, are are really big and, you know, it's competitive, you know, in our space, there's a lot of really good companies out there that do what we do as well. And, Uh, When we have the opportunity to win uh, and and become a partner to a team or a museum or a company, uh, that's, that's the best part for me.
1: What about you, Tricia? Well, I would agree that is hands down is the partnerships you build and the relationships you build. You know, I met you Andrew at the international sports heritage association conference just recently. And I think one of the most rewarding parts of um, my journey at Elevate 97 last eight years was having you know, so many individuals come to Green Bay and see our work and and what those partnerships built and those relationships built and it and seeing it through everyone's eyes at the conference and they're all you know peers of ours. They're all in the same industry as us. So, you know, they're all doing storytelling in the same way we are, and to see all that through all of your eyes and just hear hear people be in awe and think how great of an experience it was to be in Green Bay, to be at Lambeau Field, to experience the Titletown District um, as part of all the great things the Packers are building and doing for our community was really, I was taken aback. I had one of those, like, goosebump moments one night driving home from the conference, because here I am in my hometown going home, not staying in a hotel at the conference, and and you're all experiencing the the passions and the things that I have um, and my team at Elevate 97 have, um, you know, been so passionate about for so many years and it, it just really felt amazing and it was rewarding.
0: That's cool. I know I had a, I had a great time. I, it was my first time up in green Bay and it was a really cool, um, experience to see title town and how ingrained that was with, um, the Lambeau field area and, what is, what is your all's involvement with Town? Is that um, another part of your portfolio or is that um, something else?
1: Very much so. We've um, been a great partner um, with the team over at Town District and have really um, been a part of almost every building on um, that site except for Lodge Kohler. But everything else, uh, Green Bay Bellin Sports Medicine Orthopedic Center was one of our very first projects in that space. We also did the graphics and signage at Titletown Tech, the U.S. Venture Building and spaces within that space, Titletown Flats. So yeah, we've a at Hinterland, um, The Turn, <laughs> all kinds of awesome things to do at Titletown. Yeah, we've been part of.
2: Our biggest sign installation to date, one single sign that we've done was the Titletown sign uh, that you see as you come down Lombardi Avenue uh, on top of the Titletown Tech Building.
1: You know, like the Disneyland sign of Title Town, right? <laughs> that's what it was meant to be.
0: I should have explained it before I asked the question, but Title Town is, for those who haven't been up to Green Bay, a district of shops and apartments and just fun restaurants and spaces across from Lambeau Field. And it's a really cool space where the Packers can kind of embed themselves more into the Green Bay community and people can have fun all year round, even when the Packers aren't playing. And that's a big part of what. I think all teams are trying to do with real estate and how can we engage fans 365 days a year. So they do it really well up there. It was neat to see that. And then you all being a part of that from the signage perspective is,
1: is cool. You were just a little shy of the um, weather change, but um, soon the ice rink will be in full effect. And then Aaron's Hill, which is another partner of ours, as Bill mentioned, Aaron's company, they sponsor the, um, the Hill where it's a thing where you, walk up on the tubes and then go down on the tubes is really fun. It's great for our community. Everyone really loves the space.
0: That's great. Do you all have a story as we kind of wind down here about um, the impact you maybe have had on a client or some feedback you've gotten, or maybe from a, an audience member or a fan or something um, that has really kind of made you feel good about the work you're doing for your clients.
2: Again, it goes back to those relationships that were were started, in. and if you think about the phone calls the Packer organization gets from other organizations, or even the people that were at the at the Sports Heritage Conference, right? The the validation of the work and the happiness of the client in the work uh, that they're they're kind enough to recommend you to somebody else. You know, so I I couldn't be tickled more when uh, a team or somebody uh, in the corporate space calls and says, hey, so-and-so recommended your company uh, because you did the space at XYZ and it was incredible. I saw it and we want to work with you. Again, back to that relationship you've started uh, on the projects you're doing and what that that also fosters. And, you know, I I think that's that's probably the one thing I, I try to tell our team every day is, Make sure you're taking care of those relationships, but also be asking for the referrals and making sure that when people are visiting and and, and in spaces that, you know, people are your advocates in in recommending you.
1: A great example of that is um, what I mentioned when we first jumped on this morning. I'm currently working on the Bart and Cherry Star Museum at Rawhide Youth Services. And that came about um, through our relationship with Rawhide on also the Green Bay Packers. And then also being able to tour the team at Rawhide through the hall of fame and show them our work and what we did and, and you know, how our team helped elevate that experience. And then also our work at the Aaron's Company Museum. So being able to take people through your spaces that you've passed projects and have them just see and feel it um, even if they're a little green to the process they see the final outcome, and and you know you can just assure whatever that team is that's going to be working on the project that we're going to take you from the start to the finish, and it's it's going to be great. Because <laughs> it can be daunting if you've never done it before, right? So,
2: Tricia's being a little modest too. The relationships of the folks she uh, she established at the Packers and, and in Titletown Town has led to work at Pfizer Forum and with the Bucks most recently. So it's uh it's a tribute to to those relationships and you know people move on that's the other thing right they go from one team to another one arena to stadium or organization organization so she's done a fabulous job of of putting elevate out there and and making sure that we're taking care of our our partners and you know that that gets noticed and you get recommended and brought along as, as people move along so we're very grateful for uh you know opportunities to work with folks, opportunities to talk with people like you, like we're doing today and and talk about the work we do. Um, It's what gets us excited and keeps us coming back every day.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I've figured out that sports are so tight knit and people talk to each other and sports heritage is like that too. I've seen that at the conferences. And then you have people that point out who their vendors were and, and bring recognition to the work you all do. And that spurs new business and new clients and new stories to tell, which is great. So my last question is where can people find Elevate 97 if they're interested in partnering with you or if they're interested in kind of just looking at your work, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, Elevate97.com, uh, Elevate97.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah, certainly you can find Trisha and myself there. And. You know, if anybody would want to want to reach out to us, uh, I'll let Trisha give her even her email and, and phone number um, to you if you're okay with that. And we can send anybody more information if they're interested.
1: Yeah. My email is t harold H-E-R-A-L-D at elevate97.com.
0: Sweet. I'll include links to the website and social media uh, on the show notes for this episode. And um, this was a lot of fun to hear your backgrounds and stories kind of individually and then how the company really works with the clients to tell stories and use different materials and um, to elevate the the brands like your your name says. So um, thank you so much for your time, Tricia and Bill, and for the work you all do. And it was great to meet you in person in Green Bay and maybe I'll see you again sometime. Sounds great.
1: Thanks for having us. It was pleasure.
0: Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find Elevate 97 online at elevate97.com, which I'll link to in the show notes for this episode. They're also on all major social media platforms. Thanks to Tricia and Bill for their time and for the work Elevate 97 does to help brands tell their stories. Thanks for listening to episode 27 of Hallowed Ground, the Sports Museum podcast. I know new episodes have been sparse lately, but I have two more interviews queued up to edit over my Christmas break, plus a special project in the works. Thanks so much for your support of the podcast. Until next time, sports fans.